This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. By the book on BFM 89.9. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Buy the Book with Sharmila. And with me, as always, my fellow lover of American literature, Lee Chui Lin. Hello. So we have been trying to figure out a way to do this thematically for a while. And then we decided, let's just be as on the nose as we can. It is the 4th of July. So we decided to dedicate today's show to talking about American literature. And joining us to do that is Dr. Nicholas Pagan. He is a senior lecturer with the Department of English at the Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences at University of Malaya. Nicholas, good to have you with us. Well, it's good to be here. So It's also good to be at the University of Malaya. I've been <laughs> here about 10 years. <laughs> so how did your own interest in American literature specifically begin? Okay, well, um, in my early 20s, I was not interested in literature at all when I was at school. Uh, but I found myself in France, and I only had one book with me, and it was Henry Miller's Tropic of Cancer. And uh, with the absence of any other alternatives, I just kept reading it over and over again. And I had the feeling that here was somebody who was actually speaking to me. It was a voice that I could relate to. Now, later, I would understand that he's um, kind of misogynist, sexist, and so on, uh, not really approved of very much. But he's the one who got me started. Um, of course, he's well known for being sort of obsessed with sex, and that was an interest of mine at the time, and also I was in France, but also mysticism and philosophy, and just speaking in a very kind of colloquial, very natural, honest way, and I really appreciated that. And so then, when I went back to England, to London, where I'm from, I headed to a bookshop, and I tried to investigate his influences, and they were people like um, Dostoevsky and Nietzsche and uh, so Rabelais. Also Walt Whitman, obviously a 19th century American poet. And so I started reading Leaves of Grass. And uh, well, um, after that, um, well, uh, I, I became more interested in, in uh, literature in general. and. Uh, I went to university to study it, first in England and later in America, the University of Florida. And then I stayed in America for about 10 years. So, yeah, I can apologize for not being American. I, I am British, but I do have that American uh, background, uh, life experience, as well as a, a literary experience. So you began with Miller. Um, what are some of your favorite authors or, or books? Um, essentially, what do you most enjoy reading? Well, yeah, now uh, my interests have changed uh, considerably, um, particularly since I've been here in Malaysia. And so I decided to look into Asian American literature. Uh, I'm also interested in African American literature, especially Toni Morrison and uh, Jewish American literature, um, especially Philip Roth. And more recently, I came across Nicole Krauss, and I just love her work. 
We'd love to talk more about those um, authors and, and any others you'd like to reference as well. But before we get there, I am curious, though, because um, we've been saying American literature like it's a homogenous or a monolith, but it really isn't. And, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. How is American literature positioned within global literature? Well, I'm interested in the idea of hyphenated identity. I, I've touched on that by using terms like African-American, Asian-American, and, and so on. And so that's, uh, that's something that has interested me for the last 15 or 20 years, even, even before uh, coming here. So the, the basic idea is when people think of American literature, they think about white American literature. Authors like Melville, Hawthorne, Poe, and so on from the, from the 19th century. Uh, but um, but the thinking on that has changed, and it's refreshing to bring in these hybrid identities and questions of uh, assimilation, adaptation to to a new culture, the the conflicts, as it were, between the the, the world that you enter and the world that you've left behind, and it's particularly strong. Uh, for example, in Chinese American literature, I think. Um, I'm also interested to uh, expand on that because I, I was thinking even as a reader myself how things have shifted in my own reading because when I was contemplating this interview uh, earlier this morning and thinking about what it is that we would discuss, one of the things that I thought about was that a lot of the American books I read these days, I think, often deal in exactly that, the, the hyphenated identity. Um, and you mentioned Nicole Krauss earlier, I think, um, and she's Jewish-American and she often writes from that perspective and those kinds of concerns. Do you think that this is something that um, has grown over time and, and whether that's kind of representative in a way of how America as a country has developed anyway with so many immigrants coming to its shores? Well, that is certainly true. But on the other hand, I just made some notes uh, earlier today. And I have a quotation from Nicole Krauss, who uh, wasn't comfortable with the idea of being pigeonholed Jewish American, like all the time. And so she says, I don't like to think of myself in such a narrow way. And well, I'm neither American nor Jewish, but I love her work, especially Forrest Dark and uh, History of Love. And well, maybe it's something like what was happening with Miller. But the extraordinary thing about uh, Krauss is she's very, very comfortable uh, writing from the perspective of old men. And I'm uh, kind of in that category already, although quite young compared with the protagonist of History of Love, who's in his 80s, Leo Gertzky. I love 80s. that book. <laughs> so how is she able to you know, empathize so perfectly with, uh, with older men. It's just absolutely extraordinary. Is there then a broad sharing of themes or concerns or ideas when it comes to American literature? Is there something that we can say defines these sets of philosophies or ideas as being particularly American? Well, again, uh, I'll look at my notes. Uh, Serkan Berkovich for example, has written a book called The Puritan Origins of the American Self. And he em emphasizes individualism. Of course, you find that in Ralph Waldo Emerson's essay, Self-Reliance. 
And another writer who I'm very fond of, who's Chinese-American, is Gish Jen. Now, Gish Jen has written about this because she's both a novelist and an academic, and she has uh, put forward the idea of a contrast between American individualism and Asian interdependence or something like this. So in, in a way, uh, uh, drawing from Emerson's self-reliance idea, of course it is an ideal, it's not, none of, these are sweeping generalizations and, and stereotypes. But yeah, let me come back to the beginning of my answer, individualism is one American value that Berkovich emphasizes. Another is democracy. Uh, well, what do we mean by democracy? Well, people have different definitions of it, and unfortunately, uh, some people think that they can impose their version of, of democracy on other parts of the world, and this has turned out, I won't go into details because it's obvious, this has turned out to be disastrous. But nevertheless, uh, individualism and democracy are certainly important values running through American literature right from the beginning. Although the beginning is not those writers that I mentioned, Poe, Melville, and Hawthorne. The real beginning is the Native American, uh, in particular their creation myths and so on. But of course, these were not really what didn't enter the the canon of American literature until, you know, very late in, in the day. But, uh, yeah, we, we shouldn't think of the origins of American literature as being confined to wasps, white American Anglo-Saxon Protestant. So democracy, individualism, uh, human perfectibility is another one. Yeah, that kind of idealism as if America is a brave new world. The idea of the frontier spirit, as you can see in the writing of James Fenimore Cooper, for example, Last Mohicans, which I would recommend to everyone. It's very, very easy to read, very, very accessible. But um, there's also a film by Martin Scorsese that's coming out soon on the same kind of topic, Killers of the Flower Moon that's been shown at the Cannes Film Festival. So yeah, I think I've uh, outlined the main values, but also the religious framework. We shouldn't overlook that, starting, well, starting with the American Indians, but also the Puritans, as, as, as you would know. And Berkovich argues that there's been a kind of a movement towards the secular and Okay, well, I'm very fond also of, for example, Philip Roth, uh, another Jewish-American writer who passed away not long ago, I'm not mistaken. And even though he, he celebrates his atheism in novels like The Human Stain, he's constantly talking about, not constantly, but he's often influenced by the Puritan heritage or playing that off against his Jewishness as well, that the main character is passing himself as a Jew when he turns out to be African-American. So yeah, those themes about hyphenated identity are very important in that novel. 
So I just want to show how the themes from the 19th century are brought to life again in the 20th century and beyond in different ways. And I just wanted to kind of extend that and ask whether you think we are now seeing these values and these preoccupations that have been a part of American literature for a very long time, whether they're being dismantled a little bit, whether they're being problematized, uh, whether they're being explored in different ways by new writers. Well, I'm, I'm not reading a lot of new writers. I'm tending, like I, like I said, I, I came across Nicole Krauss fairly recently. But uh, the, the themes that I'm talking about are important, as I've just explained, in Roth, but also a writer like Don DeLillo, who is always extremely relevant. We're speaking about American literature. Um, it is the 4th of July, so we thought, when else? And we are speaking with Dr. Nicholas Pagan, who is a senior lecturer at the Department of English at University of Malaya. Let us know, who are some of your favourite American authors? Do you have some titles you'd like to recommend? You can WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, write to us at bythebook at bfm.my. Being first matters. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're listening to Buy the Book with Sharmila and Lynn, and we are dedicating today's show to American literature um, as a way to mark the 4th of July. And we are joined by Dr. Nicholas Pagan, who is a senior lecturer at the Department of English with the Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences at University of Malaya. Nicholas, to pick up where we left off, so earlier on you referenced Henry Miller's use of uh, language, particularly colloquialisms and so on. Could you talk to us about the use of language when it comes to literature from the US and what some specific characteristics of that might be? Well, when I was talking about Henry Miller, I wasn't talking so much about language, uh, but more about voice, you know, a recognizable voice as if somebody was in the same room talking to me, somebody not completely different to myself. And I think I find that with Nicole Krauss as well, although that may seem very strange. As I said before, she's Jewish American, a woman, and so on. The language question is very important, I think, in African-American literature. In Toni Morrison, for example, in Beloved, and that question of the whole story evolves around the American history of slavery, as a question of um, kind of recreating it in a way that has not really been done before, and and speaking in a particular way, in a, uh, a particular use of language that can be understood, let's say, both by African Americans and and others. So she has to find. A, uh, a way of speaking that, that bridges that gap. And we who are not Americans, especially, we have to use our imagination to understand what is being said. So it's a challenge for us, but it's a very, a very worthwhile challenge. And also in Chinese American writing, the, sometimes the idea of kind of the pidgin English, where the language mimics the way the Chinese speaker would speak Chinese, perhaps. And that would be more the case with parents or grandparents who have not assimilated, who are not, have not become Americanized in the way that their children or grandchildren may have done. And this, this manifests itself. 
Well, not only in a cultural context, like importing Chinese habits into America, whether it be their way of drinking tea or whatever it is, uh, but also uh, linguistically, to an extent that it becomes an issue. All right, yeah, another writer that I really appreciate is Chang Rei Li, the Korean-American writer, and his book, Native Speaker, is absolutely focused on this topic because the main character, Henry Park, is trying to pass as an American but his wife, who is of Scottish origin, I think in their first conversation says something like, well, if I'm not mistaken, you're not a native speaker. So how do you become American? You can be born in America. Does that make you American? Well, another way of becoming American is to sound like an American when you speak. And that's what he attempts to do throughout the novel with a very, very high degree of success. I mean, because he's both the main character and the narrator, if I remember rightly. And he he narrates, or you could say write. He's a surrogate author for Chang Rei Li. He writes magnificently. So surely when he's doing that, he's a native speaker. So yeah, language is absolutely fundamentally important in the text. That I'm talking about. So um, the titles that you've brought up so far um, quite largely sit within the literary tradition of things. But for a lot of readers, when we say American books or American literature, they tend to come from uh, genre fiction, whether it's science fiction or whether it's thrillers. A lot of American writers um, come from that tradition. How do these uh, how might these work differently in terms of how readers perceive them or even this idea of American culture that they perpetuate? Well, yeah, science fiction happens to be an interest of mine and uh, it's, it's important that you uh, you brought that up. So an obvious example would be Philip K. Dick's Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which has been made into a film Blade Runner and there's been a, a sequel to that uh, uh, and so on. So many, so a number of people would come to science fiction through film, through science fiction film, and then go back and look at the the text that the film uh, is an adaptation of. And so, and another one is Ted Chiang. I'm not sure whether you're familiar with him. Well, you might be if you know the film Arrival, mm, yes. which is based on a short story called story of your life and I read another work by him recently called Anxieties, the Dizziness of Freedom um, and this is extraordinary because of his uh, his use of technology so it's very much 21st century uh, material and he imagines uh, these uh, machines that you can purchase, they're like a laptop in size and you can connect with uh, other versions of yourself. It's like Robert Frost's poem, uh, The Road Less Traveled, where you have to choose between two roads and you can't go back. But with this device, you can go back and you can actually talk to a person who um, has lived a life for you, a life that you may have not um, well, experienced because of the choices or the choices that you made. And sometimes this person, this uh, virtual uh, person, 
becomes more real than the people around you. So the distinction between uh, virtual and real, if I can put it like that, is almost obliterated. So science fiction, I think, is very exciting when it uh, brings in concepts like artificial intelligence and uh, the distinction between uh, real and virtual lives and uh, social media uh, plays such a big role in, uh, in many of our, our lives. This material is just extraordinarily uh, accessible. You mentioned that you've lived here for a while now. Um, in terms of what you've observed, who or what are some uh, American authors or some American books that have had a lot of influence and reach locally here in Malaysia? Well, I haven't really been asking people that question. Uh, my students, well, most people, when I say I work in the Department of English, they immediately say Shakespeare, as if that's all, all we do. But in fact, I've always been resistant to English literature, even though I'm from England. And yeah, I've gravitated to some extent to American literature for the reasons that I've, that I've already given. So students would list works like Huckleberry Finn, they may be familiar with The Great Gatsby. They may even have read Toni Morrison, who I'm talking about, like The Bluest Eye or something like that in high school. But the general public, uh, I'm not sure what they would be reading in American literature, but I, I would hope that listening to this, they would pick up some hints or suggestions about what might be appealing. So you've actually referenced this in, in several different ways, the hyphenated identity, the need for uh, representing, for instance, Native American voices. Diversity and underrepresented voices are a major focus when it comes to publishing and literature lately. How are we seeing this play out in the American context? How is it changing what American literature might mean? Well, I think the idea that sooner or later there are going to be more non-white people in America than white people. And so as the demographic changes, the uh, hyphenated identity idea is going to become more and more important. So I think it's, uh, it's wonderful. America is very fortunate to have um, all of these immigrants, if you like, and long may it continue, because there's a literature being produced that is... Um, extraordinarily interesting and, and perceptive. Nicholas, thanks for speaking with us today. Okay, it was my pleasure. Thank you. We've been speaking with Dr. Nicholas Pagan, who is a senior lecturer at the Department of English, Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences at University of Malaya. And we've been discussing American literature on the occasion of the 4th of July. We'd like to hear from you as well. Who are some of your favourite American authors or some favourite titles that you'd like to recommend? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, write to us at buythebook at bfm.my. Listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.